hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is... Is this 297? Holy crap. Something like that. This is getting... Something tipped. like that. It's coming! <laughs> Buh. Uh, right, we are the Mana Pool. Well, three-quarters of the Mana Pool. Uh, brought to you, as always, by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. Yay! 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 Oh, Dirk's not here. Dirk's Actually, not here again. Eight Dirk something. and absorbed his powers. My beard is going to absorb Dirk's powers to create three threes of trample. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for. That's actually awful. But, uh. Does this happen every upkeep? Really? Jesus. Anyway, anyway, right. I'm Chewy. Uh, I'm already failing in my task to try to uh, <laughs> keep things straight. Oh well. This will be one of those episodes. Yes! And Lead Dork, that's my title, right, Lead Dork. And with me as always are some other dorks. Dorks! I'm Brian, I interrupt, I'm the Lead Rambler. Dang it. Um, I apparently, I have Flash, so I, I come and Put go as I Put your pants back on. No. I have Denim Walk, so <laughs> your pants cannot stop me. Um, I'm here to talk, so talk I shall. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, uh, cannot stop me sound like something I heard in a really bad news. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy, and um, uh, it has it was an official ruling at the big um, unglued pre-release that Mark Rosewater officiated that uh, taking off your pants is a special action that does not use the stack. You can't respond to me. Hmm? Yeah. Was there a stack during unglued? Not at the time, but that's what the modern interpretation of the rule would be. At the time, I know it was it was actually faster than an interrupt. Faster, yeah, faster than a mana source. That's what it. Oh, well, than a mana source. Okay. That was the ruling. But now the ruling would be it's a special action that does not use the stack. Interesting. So that means, what about putting on of pants? No one's asked that question. Oh well, why would they? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just give that guy there. Part of the pre-game procedure for the next for the next game. Oh yeah, that's like D, it's like D sideboarding. Yeah. Does that mean I can take notes now about my opponent's pants? Yes. <laughs> but you can only refer to the notes you make during a match in that match. Okay. <laughs> you can bring a short page of you can bring a you know a short page of outside notes with you, and you can look at that at any time. So if you already know something about your opponent's pants. And you wrote it down before you showed up. That's fine. Okay. But I can't, like, you know, I can't refer to, to notes about, like, other people's pants from previous rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't refer to notes you made about pants in, in other matches. Okay. okay. I have to ask a technical question now. What if you're playing, like, Jackie Lee and she's wearing a skirt? Um, is it made of denim? I don't think so. Well, pants is sort of a relative term. You know, it's one of those things that means something very specific in magic. It, it's not necessarily the English meaning of the word. <laughs> All right, I love you guys. Pants <laughs> is just whatever is covering um, your butt and the thing on the other side. <laughs> the crutchal region. Yeah. <laughs> you really are failing at your job today. <laughs> no, this is this is important things. It's a good thing I ate dark, so he doesn't have to be here to see this. I know, right? <laughs> You're just jealous. Huh. Okay, so magic. <laughs> um 
So we talked about the pre-release last week. Did you guys, either of you, I know Mike went to a release thing. Mike did go to a release thing? That's cool. I didn't know if you made it with your brother being in town or not. I did not make he it because. wasn't able to come until Sunday afternoon because he had, um, someone he knows asked him to look after their dogs while they were out of town. So he was doing that Saturday. Ah, the old look after the dogs excuse. Yep. Okay. Uh, I couldn't go because I was lucky enough to be able to go to two pre-releases, so <laughs> this was not happening for me. Um, who knows? I might have gotten finished up my gold collection. Um, so, Mike, how'd it go? Um, it was all right. I think I was two and two. Uh, my deck was a little slower than I thought it was, and I'm still bad at taking mulligans, so whatever. I still had a good time, though. Where did you play? What store did you play at? At Lucky's. Alright. Yeah. A better place to buy and not sell, because that would get you in trouble. Uh, well, you can sell to Lucky. That's true. <laughs> actually, um, I actually took him some, I, I, I've been in the middle of cleaning out my collection, I took him some bulk commons just to clear some things out, so, and I'll probably end up taking him a lot more looking at my piles upon piles upon piles of stuff. Because I've been playing for over ten years, and I play lots of limited, so piles. Yeah, I've also been playing for a very long time, but I don't play that much limited. It's really just pre-releases. So. Still, I don't think I'd be able to bring myself to do that, even if it made sense. <laughs> hmm. One day you may have to. One day I might have to. Unless you want to risk them all falling down on you and crushing you in your sleep. <laughs> Okay. Weird. So. Well, that didn't take long. Nope. Uh, hey Mike, didn't you have some rulesy stuff you wanted to bring up? Oh right. Uh, there wasn't much that went on in the um in the update bulletin for Theros, you know, besides adding entries for the mechanics specific to the block. But there was something that I thought was really uh, interesting, at least just from a nuts and bolts rules perspective. So before some of the rules about uh, auras and equipment and, you know, to a lesser extent, fortifications were written in a really specific way to define how they related to the things that they said they were enchanting or attached to. And that made some things not kind of work in the expected way. Like, for instance, um, I, I think I mentioned this before, but dominating licit didn't actually work properly under the rules. Really? Yeah, because control changing effects are applied in a layer before type changing effects. So in the layer that he's supposed to give you control of what he's enchanting, he's not an enchantment yet. So the way the rules worked, that meant his ability wasn't actually referring to anything since he wasn't an enchantment. So that made him not work properly. Also, there was uh, an odd, um, an odd interaction between Mirror Welder and Demon Spine Whip and Transmogrifying Licit. Oh, uh, that also, old thing. <laughs> yeah. That also ended up not working the way you think it should. I mean, actually, when you when you just look at the cards and read them, you think it should work a certain way, but it turned out it actually didn't. Like because Mirror Welder wasn't actually um, wasn't actually uh, an, an an equipment, you couldn't use the demons after he had turned into. An artifact enchantment using the transmogrifying licit's ability. He couldn't use the demon spine whip's ability to attach him to other things. No, he couldn't use the demon spine's whip equip ability to move himself to other things. And activating the pump effect on the demon spine whip didn't do anything to the creature he was attached to because he wasn't equipping it because he wasn't an equipment. He was an enchantment. But anyway, 
all that crap has been rewritten to to just make that all work. You know, when it's talking about the, uh, whatever it's enchanting or equipped to or fortifying, it's just talking about whatever it's attached to. So you don't get those weird little things that don't make any sense and actually make a couple cards not work. I don't know. What about that's not unclear? Goes over to the corner, head explodes. Well, I thought it was cool. I mean, that's cool. Oh, yeah. It's just... I was just pretending to know what the hell you were talking about, so... <laughs> yes. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's that's just me being smart. And and donkey. Yeah. It's okay to say smartass on this show. Or jackass. Yes, that too. Or Mike. Also that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, right. <clears throat> Correct. I mean, I'm sure it had something to do with, you know? Maybe it, it did. Probably, it probably, it actually might have something to do with Bestow, because there is one Bestow creature that has an activated ability, the um, the uh, Erebus's Emissary. Mm-hmm. Discard a creature card. Yeah, so yeah. Some, yeah, so there has to be... I'm sure there's something weird that you can do with him, too, that made them want to clean up some of that stuff while they were introducing Bestow. Sure. Not important. Just interesting. To it's me. important to you, so it's important to us. <laughs> uh, I don't know about important. Okay, I really have no idea how to end this conversation in this segment or anything, so please. So, <laughs> I heard that at the... Um, the first um, Star City Open with Theros, I, I logged on to to see the coverage because like yeah I'm you know I might play in a standard tournament in a couple weeks I don't know and I've I've got one or two deck ideas I'm lying I have like five deck ideas and I was trying to make them all fit in the same deck and you know that doesn't work and uh, yeah I'll just do all the colors and uh, I, I log on and. The main event that they were covering was a seal, a team sealed event. You know how hard it is to follow a team sealed event. I would imagine that it is a complete pain in the yes western ass. Exactly. <laughs> the the western ass had no idea what the southern ass was doing. So it uh, I was just ugh, I didn't get it. Um, so uh, but I heard during the standard portion that a mono red deck beat out. A, uh, an either an Esper or a Blue White deck. And the field was pretty much either Mono Red or Esper or Blue White Control. So, I mean, it's a new format, so that's pretty much exactly what you'd, what you'd expect. So, I don't have a whole lot to say about that, except for, uh, we'll see how things go in the next couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not to say that, that Mono Red is for less intelligent or less skilled players. Because hey, dummy. Because I totally don't agree with that sentiment. No, it's, no, no, it's no. just that in in a fresh format, a mono red deck is going to be you know really easy to uh, build and play in a way that's close to optimal. Yes, as opposed to the other as as opposed to other types of decks. For, for a variety of reason, variety of reasons. For like Mike said, the the deck actually takes a lot of knowledge to play. You have to know what to burn, when to burn it, what your burn spells are, how to use your creatures. Do you use your creatures like burn spells? Do you use them? Do you protect them? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot to go on there. And anybody that says something like brain dead red just doesn't get it or gets frustrated because they always lose to it. Yeah. But one of the other nice things about them is that some of the strongest cards are commons and uncommons. So you don't necessarily need to go out and buy all the new stuff. Yeah. So... Sweet, but I don't really have anything more to say that about that. I just want to throw that out there. Yay. Hmm. Hmm. I don't. 
I did like <clears throat> like the deck that finished first at the the standard half of the SCG Open. Uh-huh. Was really cool. That what's it called? Fanatic of Mogus. Yeah. yeah. That thing is sick in that deck. It <clears throat> won like it won like the last turn of the whole either the tournament or the semis for him. It was like comes down, kills him, swing more or like got the other guy's life total so low that he just swung. It's sweet. It is, but then the 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 other big mono red deck that was in the top eight was Owen Turtonwald, which was just it was like blitz. It was just fast, just lots of little mm-hmm. just fast, just fast. Yeah, there was a there was a, a white weenie deck too that looked like a lot of fun to play too. But it just there was a whole lot of aggro, mm-hmm. you know, like Mike just got done saying. But I especially liked the one that won and that mono white aggro as it was labeled on there. Yeah, and there's also blue white control. Three, one, two, three other Esper controls in the top eight. And two, at least one of those was wildly different. It was like, uh, Super Friends, but not. It was three planeswalkers and no creatures and a bunch of spells. Yeah. And I've heard that that was boring as hell to watch, but it was, it it, it looks like a cool deck anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I think Bill told me, he's like, so I just turned on the SCG Open and watched this and this does not look like fun. I was like, aww. But you gotta. They look like fun on paper, but sometimes they're a real slog to play. Mike knows about this. Yeah. Does that mean Mm. you'll trade me your Ashiox? That is not a certainty. Oh. So, um, do we have anything more to say about that, or shall we move on to today's main topic? So, today's main topic. Tease. I was gonna say, and the women that love it. Oh. But Western Ash, no, let's just stop that before I finish the word. Mmm, cheese. <laughs> Behold the power. Yes. <laughs> I always love those commercials. I love them. They need to make Behold. more. Jeez. The guy sounded so serious about his cheese commercial. I like the one where the uh, the kid, uh, the family comes downstairs to Christmas, and there's all this crazy stuff there, and mom and dad are like, what cookies did you leave for Santa? And the kid's like, I didn't leave him cookies. I left him cheese. That was great. So, our other main topic, you know, the one that's not cheese. Oh, ass. right. So, we have done several, four now, I think? Four. Old versus news. Or olds versus newses. Yeah, not, something. not like, not like news. Like, Fox 8. It's definitely not like them. <laughs> but uh now we are coming to Azorius. Yeah. Yes, so what we're uh, doing here is looking at the parts of a certain guild in original Ravnica block and return to Ravnica block and comparing the things they have in common. So the guild mage, the mechanic itself, uh and the two legendary creatures for each uh, one, the the guild leader and then in old Ravnica, it was like the second in command, and in new Ravnica, it's the Maze Runner. Yeah. Just in case this is anybody's first episode. We've done right. Selesnya, Golgari, Rakdos. And is it? And is it? Yes. Is it. So yeah, yeah. So since we had covered four of the ones that showed up in Return to Ravnica, we decided to hit the fifth one. Exactly. Yes. And that's Azorius. So let's get right to it. Azorius, the Law Guild, the Blue-White Control Guild, the Blue-White Guild. You know, they, <laughs> ma- they make they make the laws, and they're the court system, which is why, you know, this, for me, is like, hey, look at that. So, 
<laughs> Which yeah. is kind of ironic because, you know, before, um, when the original Ravnica came out, I was still working in the clerk's office. I had no idea I'd be going to law school or anything. And now as a bookend, this comes out and I've completed law school and I've been practicing for several years. So, yay, uh, something. Let's <laughs> see. So let's do, let's do the mechanic first. Yes. The mechanic for <laughs> this, what we usually try and rank which one we like better. Sorry, I didn't I'm, mean to make that rude noise out loud. <laughs> and, and, you know, part of it has to be how well it fits the guild, I think. I, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of discussion on this one. No. The mechanic, the mechanic from the original Ramnica block was called Forecast, and it had nothing to do with the weather. It literally was, cards would have the ability Forecast on them, and it would say Forecast, and then some cost. And part of the cost was always reveal this card from your hand. And then some ability. So it's activated ability. Um, but you could play this only ability during your upkeep and only once each turn. So you can't, uh, for example, there is govern the guildless, which for five and a blue is a sorcery, gain control of target monocolored creature. So you look at that and you're like, hey, you don't belong to a guild. You're over here now. Um, and you can just cast it as if it was any other sorcery. But it also has forecast of one and a blue and reveal it from your hand. Target creature becomes the color or colors of your choice until end of turn. So at during your upkeep, you can pay one and a blue and show everybody this card from your hand to make something into one color or several colors, whatever you want. Um, but you can only do that once per turn. And it had to already be in your hand, meaning you didn't draw it during your draw step, because your up, your upkeep does not cover your draw step, correct, Mike? Yeah, yeah, so, they're separate steps. Right. So, um, it's the reason I I feel like it kind of worked as well. We'll get. I'll, I'll tell you whether or not I thought it actually worked. Worked, but I think the reason that it was assigned as this guild's mechanic is because it kind of does what blue white wants to do which is use your resources to their utmost potential and here you get an effect a small effect but still an effect nonetheless um without having to spend anything but mana you're not spending a card and you can choose to do it or you don't have to do and the two abilities sync up where you can like say hey i have eight mana that thing over there that's a rakdos the defiler and I want it for some reason. Uh, and it's mono, it's multicolored as all heck, but I'm gonna turn it mono blue this turn, and then oh look, I'll gain control of it, cause it's monocolored. So it has, it has some synergy, but you can also do it for sort of, you know, other weird sort of effects. You know, just random, like, oh, you really want that to be X colors. Maybe you've got like one of the god enchantments from, um, from Lorewind or Shadowmoor. So, you know, you can get weird things out of it. Yeah, the, the most, the most famous and most successful of all the forecast cards was Proclamation of Rebirth. Yes. Can't and, talk about forecast without talking about a proclamation. Yeah, that one, um, is, is one of the ones where the forecast ability is just a, a different sized version of, of the main ability, which is, which is true for, for a lot of the forecast cards. So normally it's, it's a sorcery that costs a white and two that says return up to three target creatures with converted mana cost one or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And the forecast is, uh, five and a white 
and reveal it. Return target creature card with converted mana cost one or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So that um, that was that was used to recur the Martyr Sands over uh-huh. and over, over and over again. You, you you sacrifice the Martyr Sands, reveal a large number of white cards, at least you know the Proclamation of Rebirth from your hand to gain a ton of life, and basically you would just gain. Not an absurdly large amount of, like, not, not an abstractly large amount of life, but enough. But like 15 life every turn. Yeah. Try keeping up with 15 life every turn. And meanwhile, they're like resetting the board, you know, wrathing, et cetera. You're not building up enough to kill them. So if you think this feels kind of janky and how could it work? Trust me, this worked for a very long time. It was a top tier deck. Is it not still a top tier deck? And in, in, I, I don't follow Eternal, so yeah, I, I don't know very much about Legacy anymore. I so. I haven't I haven't seen it in a long time, but that doesn't mean that it's that not there. It might just mean right. that I'm dumb, or just that it it's dropped off a bit. But that's the one of the interesting interesting things about Eternal <laughs> is things eventually come back from the dead, like some sort of proclamation of <laughs> re coming back. Yeah, I like, uh, I, I, I definitely agree that, um, forecast is a very white blue mechanic. But in terms of whether it's an Azorius mechanic, it really has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it not has even nothing, slightly. It has nothing to do, you know, there's not even like forecast, uh, start raining all over the table, you know, it just, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with anything from a flavor perspective, uh, perspective, mechanic, whatever. What have you? Yeah, it's, so it was definitely a massive miss. Yeah, flavorfully. And then, who there were creatures with for, uh, forecast too? I forgot about that. Yeah, there yeah, was there one with life link that would give something else life link. Um, some one or two of them weren't bad. Oh, the but, pride of the clouds. I remember him. But yeah, with, yeah Sky Sky Hussar was actually part of Kiki Jiki combo. But with some yeah. exceptions that we've just already mentioned. A lot of them were not seen as being very good. Think about it. You're blue-white. You're probably control, unless you're in other colors. Probably. When is the last time you ever want to spend your mana? (laughs) Probably during your time at all, your turn at all, and before you even draw for the turn. And the effects were usually, again, unless it's some sort of combo card like Proclamation, the effects were usually so small... They didn't do anything. So, yeah. Kind of a big... Uh, no, definitely a big swing and a miss. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly? Anybody want to argue it? No? I didn't think so. Yeah, that's actually the reason... Like, I think Pride of the Clouds is still in my bird deck, but I never use the forecast. It's just a two-mana, big-ass, big-ass flyer. Because Pride of the Clouds, for, for a white and a blue, is a 1-1 one, one flyer that gets plus one, plus one. For each other creature in play with flying. And you can forecast it for four mana to get a 1-1 bird token. But that's four mana during my upkeep for just one more bird when so much of what the deck does is make birds and bird tokens and things that fly that it's just, eh, it's too expensive. It's kind of like, ooh, yeah. So. So yeah. So that's forecast. It's pretty awful, actually. (laughs) So what, what's the, so what's the new mechanic? Can it get better? Can it, it get more flavorful? It can get better, more flavorful, more useful, less dumb. What else is there? Uh, and it did. And it, it tastes better with uh, with wine. It tastes better without wine. It's, yeah. 
Detain is just vastly superior to Forecast in every way except for, like, awkwardness. <laughs> if you're looking for awkwardness, you gotta go right back to Forecast because that's the best choice, but in every other, by every other metric, it's, it's Detain. <laughs> Waiter, this is not nearly awkward enough. I'm gonna keep sending it back until you make it more awkward. <laughs> so it's Detain. So it's Detain, yeah. And Detain says, when you detain something, so until your next turn, your next turn, that something can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. And I say something because there's at least something that says detain target permanent, isn't there? There's a couple things. The monocolored ones say creature. The multicolored ones say permanent. Ah, okay. Is that how it breaks down? Yeah. Okay. I, I do find it funny that the detention sphere does not actually detain anything. No, but it, I mean, that, uh, I, hmm, I want, you know, huh, now that they say that, now that, I never really thought about it before. I wonder if that and, um, martial, Mar- was it martial law? Yeah. Uh, were maybe switch, names might have been switched or something during. Well, uh, no, I mean, the detention sphere was already something that was established as, as something that the Azorius used as like jail cells, like back in the original Ravnica block. It's just that they were never on a card in the original Ravnica block. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. They weren't their own card, but they were referenced on others. Do not question the mic. Yes, sir. Not that gonna sound, do- that, I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds like something that they would have done. So, okay. So they, they were on those cards and they were referenced as detention, detention cells. Hmm. Okay. But since nobody but like Mike and the Uber... Uh, Vorthos would remember that. Actually remember anything from flavor text. Hey, hey, I've got plenty of cousins loaded into cannons. (laughs) Yeah, so detain is great for, getting, getting back on topic slightly, detain is really great for, uh, well, it's, it's offensive because you can detain an opponent's creature so it can't block and run right past it. Uh It's defensive. Yeah, and they still can't swing back. It's defensive because you can detain something and it then can't attack you. Uh, it's it's utility because you can detain something that has some sort of ability that you don't want activated. It's interesting that it does not make an exception for mana abilities. Yeah. The only kind of exception there is that the multicolored ones can only hit non-land permanents, not any permanent. Right. Right. So. Yeah, it's... It actually is a floor wax and a dessert topping. It's it's great. So, um, and from a flavor perspective, you're literally detaining somebody. Yeah. You're saying, you, you're under arrest, and we can't hold you for very long because you've got certain rights under the Guild Pact or what have you, but uh, we'll get you an attorney and all that. But in the meantime, you sit over in that corner and be a good boy. Okay. It's... I don't think we need to go on about this. I think we can say that detain is not only a better mechanic than forecast, but it was better executed and it's more flavorful and it's more tied into what not only, it's also blue white. So they're, they both fit the colors, but this ties in a lot better to the guild's philosophy. It has better cards. It feels better. It, it tastes better. It smells better. Anybody want to debate this at all? Oh, it uh, it sounds better. It does sound better. Yeah, it reads. Uh, It actually does sound better. (laughs) And it actually does read better. Yeah. Yeah. It is (laughs) reading at 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 least the fifth grade level. So. Oh, I don't 
don't think that at all. Damn it. <laughs> so, that is the mechanic. Yeah, so that was the winner the is not forecast. <laughs> Any, the winner is pretty much anything but forecast. Pretty much, yeah. Forecast may be one of the worst. Well, it doesn't have to be the worst, but they also didn't do it a lot of justice. As it, it was on a lot of mediocre stuff, and then the one, one or two cards that did use it well were completely busted. So well, there's completely. like probably I, some rebirth. Was, I wouldn't was say completely busted. busted. I would I would say completely crazy. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. I, but, the, but there's rebirth but there's like busted because of that one thing. Sure, but I'm there's not any middle ground. So, and I think you have to have good, you have to have middle ground to have a good design. So, like, so the spells that, that had forecast that you forecast for something and then could cast to do something else. Like for instance, plumes of peace, the forecast was tap target creature. And then when you cast it, it's an aura that says enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. The problem is to do both cost you five mana just to tap something and keep it locked down. And that seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. You do have the versatility of you don't always... Sometimes all you want to do is tap something down. You don't... You can keep tapping things down until they play something that you want to keep tapped down forever. But, so... And the, um... What was that one? Oh, the Sky Hussar is is also actually really good. The Sky Hussar might be the best one. Because it's forecast... It's it's a 4-3 flyer for 5 mana. Its forecast cost is tapped two untapped, sorry, tap two untapped white or blue, white and or blue creatures you control and reveal it. And you draw a card. So you tap two dudes to draw a card and then when you play it, you, it untaps all creatures you control. So he's, uh, essentially it's a free card as long as you're gonna cast him. Yeah. But now that I've said that out loud, it's still not that great. <laughs> Like I said, his claim to fame was being in a Kiki Jiki combo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. So, so the guild the mage, guild, the guild guild mage or guild leader? I'll say guild we'll mage. just do the guild mage and then we'll we'll break. Okay. And then so the do all the legendary mages. creatures. That makes sense. So the the Azorius guild mage is good. Yeah. Well, I like you, Mike. Yeah, for uh for two white blue hybrids. Uh, she's a 2-2 Vidalcan wizard. Um, and, uh, two different abilities. The first one is a white and two tap target creature. The second one is a blue and two counter target activated ability. And I, th- I always thought she was pretty cool. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, I mean, the uh, ability to, to tar- counter multiple activated abilities is really useful. Yeah. Uh, activated abilities are one of those things you just assume on a basic level. I'm just gonna do this, you know. At the end of your turn, I ping this guy with my pinger. I, you know, pay one and a black to draw a card. I, so many things are activated abilities. Yeah, I'll blink this guy out. It's like, nope. Okay, what do you mean, nope? <laughs> what the hell do you mean, nope? <laughs> I mean that Edeling is staying on the battlefield whether you like it or not. <laughs> Joker. Or unless you have another blue, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Spoken like a true red player, but. <laughs> Why are you playing Azorius Guild Mage? Wait a minute. <laughs> that's that's my that's my mad tech. Ah, I like it. But also, you know, the, in the by, in the same vein, the ability to tap multiple creatures without having to to tap the Guild Mage or invest yeah. any more cards. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Or invest any more cards are is really good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty big actually. But for some yeah. reason, I never actually played this one much. 
Even though both yeah. abilities are massively useful. Well, especially in multiplayer. It is the epitome of reactive, though. Literally, both both are literally That's like, true. oh, you've got a guy, so I have to, you know, type it down, or oh, you're activating an ability. So they're both really useful, but when you're building a deck to do X, unless that X, is, unless he is there just as insurance, which there's nothing wrong with that, or unless what you're doing is trying to stall out the opponent, which hopefully you're doing more than that, you're not going to think about this card. So that, I think that's why. Yeah, because neither of them are proactive. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So that is a good. Yeah, one. I mean, he's still a good guy. So now we're talking in like you know casual games where is slowing someone down is not necessarily an integral part of what you're trying to do. Right. Like I can see this being played heavily in uh, you know like a standard deck if the metagame was right for it. Mm. Yeah. Because you know you're you're de- you you want to stop people from doing this and stop people from doing that long enough for you to win. But in a multiplayer yeah. game, you you can't really spend much time stopping somebody one at a time like like this. Yeah. Because <laughs> well one... I'll just tap your guy and your guy, but I don't have a mana to tap your guy and your guy. Well then I'll just attack you then. Oh well damn. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Essentially, yeah. So that's that's the Azorius Guild Mage from the. Uh, Ravnica Blood. New Prov Guild Mage costs a white and a blue, and he's a 2-2 human wizard. Uh, a white and a blue. Target creature gains flying until in a turn, or three, a white and a blue. Detain target non-land permanent and opponent controls. So, wow. It, they're very different. They are very different. The second ability is more akin to uh, the first one's first ability, where it's kind of like tapping it, um, except this is permanent instead of just creature, but it also costs two more, including, you know, some specific mana here. Um, the flying thing is unlike anything. It's kind of like evasion. It might as well be unblockable, but except, especially multiplayer, Everybody's got some form of bl- of flying something something, so. But that helps. Uh, oh yeah, it does help. And uh, when you can go like, hey, you blocker, get up there. Um, I I, I mean, both kind of have their strong points. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I mean, they're both different. So in a, in a standard multiplayer game, let's say that the four of us are playing. All four of these abilities will be used and will be uh, used well. Yes. Like, there's right. no question. <laughs> well, I'll equip this. No, you won't. Damn it! <laughs> All right, oh, I just played a planeswalker to tame that. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, actually, hmm, uh, the uh, the uh, the Azorius Guild Mage will be more useful against a planeswalker that just got played than a new Prof Guild Mage. Because oh, when you just play him, because cause when you just play him. You know, the caster has priority again after the spell resolves. They can go ahead and activate something. You can't stop him from gaining or, I guess, losing the loyalty. Yeah, but the, the, the new prof guild mage can't detain it in time to stop the ability, but the Azorius guild mage can counter the ability. That's true. That's true. Yeah, wow, that wouldn't that be terrible? I play Liliana, I give her, you know, minus two to go ahead and search my library. No, you don't. You just, but you still get the minus two though, so, ha 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 ha. That person just looks at you and shakes their head. <laughs> hmm. Uh, there's 
definitely some politics to either one, you know, because like if if Mike is terrifying and uh, Chewie is getting ready to attack him, I can say, all right, I'm going to detain um, Mike's big guy so that he can't use it to block. Or I can give Chewie's guy flying, you know, because it's all target this or target that. It doesn't have to be something you control. So, um, and to a certain extent, you can kind of do that with the first one, too. Yeah, I'm I, sitting here thinking, everything that the second ability on the new Prov Guild Mage does, the detain ability, there's an analog for two mana less on the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, detain much. that creature will, okay, or just tap that guy will, that's, I mean, of course, there are times where detaining it is better, and there are times when tapping it is tapping better. It so be. yeah. though, that's essentially a wash, you know. And then yeah. countering an activated ability, or uh, detaining a non-creature, countering an activated ability is almost going to be better, or as as good or better. Like uh, Mike said, you know, you can counter something that uh, you couldn't detain in time, you know. Yeah. 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 Um. So that's huh. I think, I think they're both really close, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give the nod to the original one just because I think that those abilities they are so close. Again, you think about you you want to detain somebody like during your turn so you can attack and they can't attack attack back, but as soon as it gets back to your turn, it has no effect. You want to tap somebody as soon as their turn starts. And it will last all the way until their next turn. So there's so much similarity there, but they're so different at the same time. I'm going to give it to the original one because, yeah. Yeah. This this is hard. Like, my big issue is that I've never really played with either of them. Like, the the original Azorius Guild Mage did make it into a few decks a long time ago, but it was only for a very short period of time. And then I've never really tried to put the new Prof Guild Mage in a deck. But I think because of... Even though um, I was kind of, we were kind of talking down on it a bit earlier for only having reactive abilities, I think the fact that the Azorius Guild Mage's abilities are you know uh, are strictly reactive and and thereby more versatile, I think that makes it a better blue white card. Yeah, that is definitely true for how well it fits into the color too. Mm-hmm. Now. Now, just playing Devil's Advocate, I haven't actually decided which one I like better, but just playing Devil's Advocate, uh, Keanu Reeves, what you do is, uh, <laughs> 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 oh, he's an absentee landlord! Anyway, um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm a humanist. Anyway, anyway, dang it, man, now I forgot what I was doing. Oh, right, right, right. So, you take both of the abilities on the Azorius Guild Mage, right? Right. Yes. So that costs six mana to do both, right? Right. Yes. So you you sort of put them together, kind of, I don't want to say water it down, but make them slightly less instantaneously effective and more long-range effective, <laughs> and just make it cost five, so you, you knock one off. Okay. And then you throw in an activated evasion just because why not? Okay. So you're getting almost those two abilities sort of kind of not really maybe. With an added ability thrown in, and I swear I I can't call it. I'm gonna have to just call it a tie and let you guys uh, choose the winner by your previous actions. Because well, honestly, Brian and I, yeah, both Brian and I said the same thing. So. Exactly. So I mean, we're gonna have to give it to the Azorius Guild Mage, but no thanks to me because I honestly, taking a good look at these two, I can't call it. 
I mean, they they are they are very difficult to to, wow. to decide between in that That's case. That's crazy. And and if I had just if I had just started my thought process with a slightly different thought, I might have gone with the new prod guild mage. I don't know. This is our closest one yet, by far. Yeah, really. Yeah, this has got to be the first time I've ever just given up. Yeah, <laughs> I got I think nothing. You, <laughs> I think you. It's it's always been one small thing pushing it one way or another, but not this time. Not this time. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I guess if there was one small thing, it would be that you could always play the Ravnica one in a in a monocolor deck and only get half the use. But then what the hell fun is that? So never mind. <laughs> and it, I mean, I may, I think I may have made that point with the very first, the Selesnya Guild Mage, yeah, yeah, which it, I mean, it, it's not, it's not not true, but then we're kind of like coming back to that point every single time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's no fun. Anyway, anyway, so how about we take a break, like a Kit Kat bar? Yeah, break me off a piece of that. Kit Kat bar. Oh, jam. Jam, sucker. All right, then. So. <laughs> Speaking of jam. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Here we go. I just heard something that. um It's not true. Oh, dang it. Keep going. Keep but anyway. Going. Stand that, uh, that NBA jam was actually um was actually rigged a little bit against the Bulls because one of the head programmers was a Pistons fan. <laughs> and he really hated the Bulls. See, every time I ran with Jordan, I would win. I didn't know anything about anything, so I was like, I know Michael Jordan, so I'll play and I'll win. I, I think it was, I think it might have only been in Pistons Bulls matchups. Oh. Where, where near, near the end of the game, um, the, the, the three pointer percentage of, of the guys on the Bulls team would start to average out to, uh, misses as, as it, as it got closer to the end of the game, like, like their stats would actually change and like huh. Scotty Pippen's speed would change or something like that and other stuff like that. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That is freaking hilarious, actually. <laughs> wow. Screw those guys. Okay, wait a minute. That makes me want to search. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I, I read it very recently. It was something that, w- that was posted on some game news website within the past <laughs> week or so. So He's I am searching. Like NBA Jam rigged against the Bulls or something like that. Well, I am searching... Uh DidYouKnowGaming.com, which for any of you out there that are uh, video game fans, you should totally go to DidYouKnowGaming.com. That's a completely free plug uh, to see if they have anything. It was once planned for a Mortal Kombat-themed level to be playable in NBA Jam. That's cool. (laughs) Michael Jordan never appeared in a commercial release of NBA Jam, like home versions, because he owns his own likeness. Huh. Shaq, although he appeared in the arcade version, gained control of his own licensing destiny by the time the game released on consoles... And thus was not included in the game. Weird. I was gonna say I didn't remember Shaq ever being in that game. I didn't remember Michael Jordan ever being in there, but I never actually played the Bulls. I was always the Hornets because you know Muggsy Bogues is you know two foot six and kicking all the ass. So I, I always appreciated that. Not because, and I'm not even a short guy. I don't even know why I appreciated that. And that's all they have here. So if you can find that, Mike, I'll I'll submit it to him, <laughs> or you can submit it to him, whatever. All right. Send them an email. Send them an email. But anyway, so for now, uh, let us, for reasons that I find funny, let us play some of The Who with a chunk of Won't Get Fooled Again, which is the theme song from one of the CSIs, but I forget which one. Um, is that, is that Miami? Any of them. I don't know. 
There's enough. Yeah, I, think it, I think it's Miami. Uh, I think it's Miami. Yeah, because yeah, 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 because the the running joke is lame line uh, uh, set up, pull down the glasses, say the really lame line, and then you hear yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then I choked on that. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, so right, right. Won't get fooled again by the who. Be right back. I mean, hi guys. Yeah. Well, it looks like he won't be needing an epidemic. Epidem- ah! <laughs> oh, that's golden. Dang it. That was awesome. I don't know. I've never seen a single actual episode of CSI, so I'm not going to make fun of it. That's for everybody else to do. Yeah, because everyone else has actually seen at least one episode, so. I think. I don't know whether I've seen an episode of CSI or I'm just confusing it for one of the millions of episodes of NCIS that I've seen while visiting the house because my dad watches it all the time. There are a million and one procedural cop shows. So That's true. Hey, Mike. Hey. Have you gotten caught up on Supernatural yet? No. I didn't think so. There's one episode where they make fun of... There's actually a couple episodes where there's one episode in particular where they make all sorts of fun of procedural cop shows. You can tell sometimes when you're watching a show, you know the you can tell the producers have a particular bent about a about a uh, a topic. <laughs> uh-huh. um, there there was an episode I was watching Charmed uh, quite a while ago, and this was uh, like 2004, 2005 or something, and. The um the premise of the show, I don't want to go all into it, but witches are good guys and demons are bad guys. And the demons actually come up with a reality television show about, like, killing witches, and they send demons after witches. And the running joke was, the, the whole episode was they're talking about reality television in general, and the demons are like, I can't believe humans beat us to it. This is such a terrible idea. I can't believe demons didn't come up with reality television. And then later, some of the good characters are talking about it, and they're like, uh, they're, they're killing people on, you know, for, for fun and amusement. And somebody's like, well, it's not the worst thing on reality television. And they're like, yeah, that's true. So I don't think Aaron Spelling likes reality television very much. Mm. So reality television is by and large terrible. So pretty much, but I think it also, Aaron Spelling is also by and large terrible. So eh. I think it pretty much, you know, since all his life he had been doing scripted television, it's like, err, arg. Anyway, so. So anyway. Uh, for the record, while we're on Supernatural, uh, my roommate either is done or is, or is still working on running through everything. Sweet. Uh, I've added it the... to my queue on Netflix, but I, I'm still in the middle of Frasier. And a couple other things, wow. so I'll Se- get to it eventually. Season nine, that's you know a six upside down, starts on Tuesday. So sweet mother of crap, really? People like the show. I'm not. I am not. As I t- always tell my wife, I am not the only one. She just rolls her eyes. Of course, this is the same wife. Not that I have more than one, but this is the same woman that <laughs> says that. <laughs> Hell yeah, but- polytheism or poly? What is it? <laughs> 
Zeus's beard. <laughs> but uh, I, I, would, I would tell her, I would tell her how well the show is doing when when Chewie would give us numbers like this many thousands or whatever. She's like, Chewie has a lot of time on his hands to just keep downloading this show, doesn't he? So. Yeah, our numbers have dropped since I took over uh, MTG Cast because I just don't have time to re-download the show thousands of times anymore. <laughs> By the way, uh, tell Carrie I said, mm, would you please? I will. Thank you. Just like that. Yeah, I stuck my tongue out. That's what that was. I figured. Okay, good, good. So that actually came across. So these here guilds are led by people, and um, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the guild leader, it's the same on both of them, right? I've no, lost them. No, actually, no, it's they, not. They switch. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking of a different one. Wait, no, I'm not. It is the same. No, no. it's not. Oh, yeah. no, she was the second in command in the other one, wasn't she? Uh, yeah. Not even really the second in command. She just kind of, she didn't pay a whole lot of attention. She was kind of like the mascot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, in the original Ravnica, it was Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth. He was the he was you know the head judge guy, and um, his role in the story was kind of involved. Whereas he was actually the single uh, guild leader most connected to the law and the guild pact. And it turned out, spoiler alert, that he was the one that set in motion most of the events that caused the eventual collapse of the Guild Pact because he felt like, as most of the Guild leaders did, that his Guild could rule all the others more effectively if the Guild Pact wasn't in the way. So he was working through it to kind of destroy it. Um, as a card, he enables your own abilities with uh, making your stuff cheaper to cast while slowing down everything your opponent does. Or opponents. He's extremely annoying to play against in multiplayer, and usually just puts a big target on your head. Because why does my explosive vegetation cost five? Oh, because of your guy. <laughs> I used to play with my glow riders because glow rider was one of those cards in onslaught. I just kept pulling, so I'm like, well, I might as well put these in the deck. And I remember I thought I thought it was okay, but it wasn't great. And then one day I loaned Nate my deck. And doesn't he play like three copies in a row? And I'm holding on to like a rampant growth. And I'm like, I am never going to cast this. <laughs> so this guy isn't that bad. He's only one more by himself, but he's still plenty annoying. And the fact that you're accelerating yourself at the same time really, again, really, really paints a big target on your head. As a two, three, he's not going to be doing anything in the way of attacking, but you know, say la vie. Hell yeah, Cess Levi. That's him. Anybody else got anything to say about him? He sucks. Um, <laughs> I'll always remember the time when Dirk was reduced to playing him over and over again as a chump blocker near the end of a commander game. Uh huh. That was kind of sad. Who but it was, was funny to see. You or me? It was against me. But it was funny to see Augustin die over and over again. So. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that game. Dirk had like all the man in the universe and could just keep paying two more every turn and not care. But but couldn't yeah. do anything about killing you. Yeah, nothing about nothing. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, that's... The reason the reason he's not in the new Raven- the Return to Ravnica, he did. The oh, ghost he of did. Sa- the ghost of Sadik broke out of the ghost quarter and kind of murdered him like to pieces. There were lots of pieces. <laughs> so who's in charge now? Well, 
in the future, uh, Isperia, um, a, a sphinx and one, of, and one of the founding members of the Azorius Guild, um, came back and, and took the, took the head role. Isperia, Supreme Judge, um, she cost six, two and two white and two blue for a six four with flying. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. So she has that classic blue and white taxing built into her. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> what are her stats? What are uh, her six, stats? Six four with flying. Six four. So she's, she's beefy. Yeah. Holy crap, she's a flying crawl worm. Yeah, I was just about to say, she's a big old flying crawl worm. Ah, uh, get out of my head. <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's great. Not only is she a big old flying crow worm, but she, you just keep drawing cards. If anybody wants to hurt you, then you get to draw cards. And if or they don't want you to draw you cards, control. yeah, that's so. true. Which you know, attacking one of your planeswalkers hurts you. So you know, but then yeah. if they if they don't want you to draw cards, then they can't attack you, and that, that you win again. <laughs> Although, admittedly, who really wants to swing into a six four flyer? Well, personally, since I'm probably attacking with a 6-4 flyer, it won't be there to block. So. <laughs> hmm. She does have a point. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Hmm. There's at least that first turn, but... I don't know, maybe I tapped it down with my uh, guild mage. And then I get my other guy flying with my other guild mage. Ha! Got that zero seven 7 wall that jumps up there and stands in the way. <laughs> anyway... So yeah, she's like she's so good, but it's like an obvious good. Yeah, I may actually. Hmm. I'm. Yeah. I feel like I almost have to give the nod to Augustine on this one, mostly for flavor reasons. I think both of them as cards are good. He comes down earlier. He taxes the opponent. He slows them down while um helping you out. Yes, it puts a target on you, but both of these are gonna put a target on you. Yeah, I mean that's just what they do. He's cheaper, he's very effective. She's a bit more, but she's huge. Uh, uh but I feel like he's a little more about what Blue White wants to be doing. Now granted Blue White needs a finisher and Asperia does that pretty well, but I just feel like he kind of embodies the guild a little better. So uh unless somebody really gets me to change my mind I think I'll probably go with Augustine. But it's it's not a home run by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, uh, Asperia is cool, but Augustine is just a better card all around. Stronger, um, more immediately useful, uh, like Brian was saying, more flavorful with respect to the guild itself. Um, for me, it's pretty clear that uh, Augustine wins this. Yeah, and oddly enough, even though I, I really love Asperia... Esperia doesn't say Azorius or say legendary amazing. She says, oh look, I really want to play this creature. But Augustine says legendary to me and he says Azorius hard. Uh-huh. Like he hits you in the face with Azorius. <laughs> so yeah. as much as I hate him, I, I don't believe this, but I have to go with you guys like wholeheartedly. That's weird. Cause I really do hate him. That is weird. Like a lot, but he's so good. I think that's why I hate him. Like, I mean, I can't say it's because I don't play with him, but no, I had him in the bird deck for a long time. There's a one of just because, and then I nah. <laughs> Let me focus that deck some and stop being a dick. <laughs> See, I think that's why stuff like the guild mage and this came out of your decks is just because you did get more focused. So just the random like, hey, th- this is in these colors, kind of mm-hmm. come out. 
So pretty much. But you, yeah. but you know what? Those cards go into EDH, where all you need is one of that one. Because hey, look, it's in those colors. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, so we should we should go back to the past again. Yeah. And check now, out Asperia when she was younger and kind of dumb. And by younger and kind of dumb, I mean I, really. I'm dumb. gonna. I'm was gonna it like four to- years? <laughs> Ago, four years before the events of Return of Ravnica, and and Sphinxes are pretty old to begin with, but she was she bucked up a little bit for the future. I think ten years. I can't remember somewhere between four and ten. I thought it was like fifty. I don't know. Anyway, no, Tasa is still, you know, not a super old lady. You mean Countess Bubula? Yes, Countess Bubula. <laughs> um, I can't wait okay. till we get to Orzov. But I'm going to go ahead and say right now, before we even get to the other, I, I think poor Asperia just gets the shaft on both of these because you want to talk about not feeling legendary in this first set. I always thought about building an Asperia EDH deck, and you want to know why? Because she was in the right colors. And then <laughs> I would sit down to build it, and I'm like, I can't do this. I just... I can't go go ahead and read Asperia's text box because I don't think you ever actually read Augustine's text box. No, I, and I didn't. But you know, for for one for for one and two white and two blue, so five mana. It's a three six flyer Sphinx. Now listen to this. <laughs> Whenever she deals combat damage to a player, name a card. That player reveals his or her hand. If he or she revealed the named card. Search your library for a creature card with flying. Reveal it. Put it in your hand. Then shuffle your library. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, I want to say, you know, inscrutable, in, inscrutable does mean um, difficult or impossible to understand. And when you read this card, you're like, what the hell am I even reading? So that makes sense. At the very least, it's Barry the Inscrutable. Have, this is a good way to remember that word for, like, papers. SATs. And SATs yeah. and stuff like that, because Mike's right. She is a definition. <laughs> now, I, I'm a bit conflicted about this. On the one hand, I'm just going to straight out say she's terrible. You just It's too hard to make it work for a marginal effect. If it put the card that you search for directly onto the battlefield, then that might be worth it. But this it's, it's too many hoops to jump through. But at the same time, I have to at least acknowledge the fact that I like a Sphinx card that has a riddle built into it. Mm-hmm. I don't want a, a Sphinx card that is like, I'm a Sphinx, so I'm going to hit you upside the head real hard because that's what I do. Riddle me this. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> How much does this hurt? Whack. <laughs> but she's just terror bad. I'm sorry. I'm And, you know, uh, no. No, it almost doesn't even matter what the next one is, but the next one is better. She just is. Yeah. And the the next one is Lavinia of the Tenth. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, do we even need to read the next one? Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, La- La- Lavinia of the Tenth is the maze runner for these Ori's Guild. And for uh, white, blue, and three, she's a 4-4 human soldier with protection from red. And when Lavinia enters the battlefield... Detain each non-land permanent your opponent's control with converted mana cost four or less. You know, so I remember when we were talking um, uh, very early on about uh, about the Azori's Guild and about Lavinia, um, either soon after the pre-release or soon after she was revealed. But, you know, when you, th- you think of the Boros Guild as the police and the military and 
the Azores kind of represent, basically represent the feds. And I think I said something to the effect of Lavinia being a full-on ATF raid on whatever your <laughs> opponent has going on over there. Yeah, pretty much. I think that was exactly the phrase that you used. And, and for, and for those of our listeners in, in other countries, uh, the, uh, the ATF is, is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And, and they're, they're one of the various federal law enforcement agencies here in the United States. They're just busting down the door and saying, everybody get down on the ground. Yeah. That's pretty much what she's doing right here. Uh, 4-4 with that immediately detain with protection from red, uh, that also flavorfully fits the guild. I think she, already she would be a good card. She would be in contention with some of the other better cards. And against Asperia the Inscrutable, she just wins, hands down. It's kind of like forecast versus detain, you know? Yeah. So, well, this is cool. We had, so of these four categories, we had the closest ever with the guild mages, the furthest away ever with uh, the mechanic, something completely surprising, to me anyway, with uh, uh, the guild leader, and then the furthest away ever <laughs> again. <laughs> again, yeah. That's That's weird. This is this is a really interesting guild to be sure. Hmm. So were there any other categories before we got into the just general discussion of hits from the past and hits from the now? I was going to no. say the future, and that's not the case. That, those are pretty much the four main points. Okay. All right. Well, let's see standouts that we didn't cover from the original. Ravnica. I so have to... original Ravnica won, didn't it? With the most choices, with the most picks. Um... No, it was a tie. It was a tie because yeah, the, um, the old guild mage won, but the new mechanic won, and then the old guild leader won, but the new uh, secondary one won. Yeah. So wow, yeah. Now we we need to figure out who won completely no, by looking at everything that. else. Yeah. Okay. Um, Standouts. Well, I have to say, it's just a standout to me. It may not be standing out to anybody else, but I had a Palliation Accord deck. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you so, did. It, it, it is a card that does represent what the guild kind of does, although not entirely, but it's more like what Blue-White wants to do, where it's an enchantment where whenever a creature an opponent controls becomes tapped, you put a shield counter on this enchantment, you can remove a shield counter from it to prevent the next one damage that will be dealt to you this turn. So, in theory, when you're being attacked, you can prevent one damage for each creature that's attacking you. But how it works out is, if you find ways to tap your opponent's creatures, or if they're attacking, if your opponents are attacking each other, you still get the counters. And how it really works is when you get more than one out, and then you get some copy enchantments out, and you've got like four or five palliation accords. So... I just had to throw that out because I saw it and I'm like, hey, look at that, because I have not played that deck. It doesn't really exist anymore because I'd feel like a bad guy, which means now I might have to rebuild it. <laughs> um, uh, sitting right next to Palliation Accord in this visual spoiler that we have up in front of us, uh, Overrule was a was a standout card, as I remember it. For a white, a blue, and X, counter-target spell, unless its controller pays X, you gain X life. Oh. So it's basically a counter-spell version of Sphinx's Revelation, almost. <laughs> sort of, not. Yeah. yeah, sort of. Well, if you want to talk about countering, you can't not talk about Dovescape, because... Yeah. <laughs> <you throw laughs> Dovescape is the weirdest card. <laughs> you throw this down, and the whole game 
completely takes a left turn. Um, for three and three white-blue hybrids. So for six mana, it's an enchantment. Whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, you counter that spell. You just counter it. Then that player puts X-1-1 white and blue bird creature tokens with flying onto the battlefield where X is the spell's converted mana cost. (laughs) Sorry I countered your spell. Here's some birds. It's so weird because you can build around it yourself where you only play like non-creature spells and therefore you're getting a lot of birds or you can play this and all creatures or you can, you just do weird, weird, weird stuff and it protects itself so well from anything that's not a creature because you try and naturalize or thunder, you know, whatever. This thing, it doesn't work. It gets countered. Yeah, disenchant. Oh, birds! Even crossing <laughs> grip can't destroy it. Yep, that's true. Now that's saying something. Yeah. Hmm. Now one that jumps out to me as something that they tried to make awesome was the quote new morphling. I knew you were gonna, <laughs> and it just went. <laughs> was, it I went completely. Oh, I I was too. It went completely by the wayside, which in my mind was kind of terrible. But so the card we're talking about is Wind Reaver. Now, Morphling uh, w- was called Superman because Morphling, he's sort of like Etherling is now. Morphling was, was such a bitch to try to kill. Yeah, yeah. Because with, what what did it cost, a blue mana to ma- give it something? I don't trout. actually remember Morphling. Trout. Oh, it could gain Trout, it could gain Flying, and it could move its power and toughness around. Yeah. Right. So Wind Reaver, for three a white and a blue, is a 1-3 flyer. It's an elemental. Uh-huh. And for a white mana, it gets vigilance until end of turn. Okay. For a maybe white thing couldn't fly. Maybe it could just untap itself. Maybe it could also. I think fly. it was untap itself. I, can't, yeah. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it could untap yeah. itself. Uh, for a white mana, Wind Reaver gets plus O plus one until end of turn. So it's got sun pants. <laughs> <laughs> or what was the other thing we called it? Butt breathing. Yeah, it's got butt breathing. Uh, for a single blue, you could switch its power and toughness until end of turn. Which, which is sort old. of a cheap way to do the power and toughness thing that Morphling can do. Yeah. Not cheap as in inexpensive, cheap as in cheap. <laughs> well, a little bit of both, too. Like that, um, that, that suit that that guy on the corner wears, it's cheap. And uh, this was a lot stronger when damage used the stack. This actually oh, yeah. would be, yeah. And then his final ability is pay a blue to bounce him to your hand. And, and... Yeah, the thing was... You know, the thing that makes Morphling so hard to kill is the gain trout until end of turn. The thing that makes Edeling so hard to kill is the, whoops, go to exile until end of turn. Yeah. But Wind Reaver's version of it is so much worse because then you have to cast him again. Exactly. Yeah. He then has to be not countered, you know, if you're in the control matchup, mm-hmm. which is one of the areas where Etherling and, and Morphling actually shine the most, uh, but then you still have to pay five for it. I just look at it and I look at the and art. And then wait until he can attack again. Exactly. I look at, I look at this card and I look at the art because the art is some of the most beautiful art ever. And I just always want this card to be really good and it's just never been. Yeah. The, the takeaway enough. here is that if you try to make Morphling fair, no one will play it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they play Etherling because yeah. it's not fair. Yeah, that's I, not the yeah. point of cards like Morphling and Etherling. Yeah, I think we can all agree that 
Aetherling is not fair. Yeah. So that's that's just one that it always stuck out to me, mainly, like Brian said, because the art is so freaking awesome, and it's just not so much a good card. Yeah. Which is a shame, but what you going to do? Another spell that's, that stands out to me as far as being a bit of a letdown is Swift Silence. For Because when this came out, everybody thought they were going to print some form of Absorb. You know, counter-target spell, gain some life. Seems pretty good. It's great for tempo. Uh, they printed Swift Silence instead, which for two colorless, a white and two blue, so that's five mana, counter all other spells, draw a card for each spell countered this way. You'd think that sounds good because, hey, what do I want to do? I want to counter your spells, all of them, sure, and gain, you know, get some cards. But very rarely will this be anything more than counter that spell, draw a card for five mana. That's kind of hard to set up. Yeah, what's this, the one that does that naturally? A dismiss um, costs two blue and two. Yeah. Yeah. And this is more expensive and has an additional white, and which is why you have the all spells, but that hardly ever matters. Yeah, if you can manage to make that matter, this spell is the greatest thing ever. You're like, holy crap, do you remember that time I had your four cards of a swift silence? And there's one guy listening to this right now who's like, I remember that time. And no one else does, dude, it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, con- but congratulations. All the yeah, time. you're freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or your, you know, player, your your friends that you played with are kind of dumb. Either way, that's awesome for you. That's that's completely badass. Everyone else is like, yeah, that card kind of sucks. <laughs> now, if we want to jump just strict, uh, uh, jump ahead for just a sec, because a lot of the cards we're talking about don't necessarily have a direct component or, or a predecessor in. Return to Ravnica, they did the souped-up counterspell again um, with Render Silent for a white and two blue counter-target spell. It, its controller can't cast spells this turn. As far as I know, it has not uh, caused any any waves or anything like that. I don't think it's really taken off to any great extent. The problem is that usually if you're countering one spell... Unless they're really they're they're going off on a combo or something, having that additional silence tacked on doesn't always mean a whole lot. Yeah, but at least they just made it cost three. Yeah, at least they just made it cost three. So between swift silence and rendering silent, you might want to render them. Take your time and render them rather than go swiftly, because the swiftly costs more. Wow. So, between Swift Silence and Render Silence, what you should take away here is shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) The Azorius really want you to just be quiet. Exactly. You have the right to remain quiet. Really, 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 really. really. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to hear it. Hmm. I'm invoking your right to be quiet. (laughs) Like, I'm looking through the rest of this. I'm not really... Azorius has never impressed me all that much. Yeah. There's a there's an Azorius card I play with in a deck that I came to really appreciate. Which the one's Azorius, that? The Azorius Herald. Um, oh, yeah. There for a white and two. For a white and two, he's a 2-1 unblockable. When he enters the battlefield, you gain four life. 
And he was one of those creatures that was like a creature in a spell in the same card. When he enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless blue was spent to cast it. I like him a lot. Yeah, so like he's either two and a white, gain four life, or he's two, he's one, a blue and a white, to get a two, one unblockable guy with gain four life. Yeah. Yeah. Seems pretty decent to me. Yeah, I mean, I like him. I've played both halves of that. The, the whole creature package and just the random get a guy, and sometimes even for the fact that he sacrifices. Kind of like, you know, evoking a guy. Yeah, and, and similarly, the, the court hussar. Court Hussar. Which yeah. one is that? For a blue and two, he's a one three with vigilance. And when he enters the battlefield, you look at the top three cards of your library, grab one, and put the others on the bottom. And then he gets sacrificed unless you use white to cast him. Yeah, I've never used the just spell half on him. Anytime I've ever cast him, I was sure to do both. Because mm-hmm. that seems kind of expensive for three mana. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of difficult not to get to keep him. Unless you're just totally mana screwed. Yeah, in which case you're glad to cast him. Yeah. I always like Walking Archive. I still have, I think, <laughs> two copies of Walking Archive in my words deck. So he he's a 1-1 a, a golem with Defender for three colorless mana. He's an artifact. Uh, he comes into play with a plus one, plus one counter on him, so he's a, actually a 2-2. Two, two. And at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player draws a card for each plus one, plus one counter on him. So he's yeah. a Howling Mine. And for two, a white and a blue, you can put a plus one, plus one counter on him. So he's a Howling Mine that grows. So you get a bigger defender, and you give everybody more cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, al- I- I've always liked that guy. I've always tried to be able to use him well. I haven't found a way to completely break him wide open. You probably, you know, make him bigger. Yeah. The one time I played him and really got him going, he started. he was actually working too well, and it kind of made me afraid. And it wasn't too much longer after that that I took him out of the deck. I think it was a game between me and Greg and Bill, and we were all like down to the last five or six cards in our library, just going, "Oh no, what have we done?" <laughs> Dang it, man. Okay, is there any? Whoop, hang on, wrong one. Is there anything else in Old Ravnica that's actually? Oh God, is everyone okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's actually worth talking. Oh, oh, Ether Mage's Touch is such a cool card that I don't ever use. Yeah. You know, yeah. Was was that card actually created by R&D? It almost reminds me of uh the Cold Snap one that was uh, you create the card. <laughs> it's, I, I, well, you know, the Cold Snap one is very different, but I can see why you're thinking it reminds you, you of it. So either may just touch two white and a blue for an instant. This is rare, and it's bizarre. You, uh, you know what, let me read yeah, the, let me read the Oracle text just in case. It says, reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. That's cool. It has, at the beginning of your end step, return, at the beginning of your end step, oh cool, return this creature to its owner's hand. Then you put the rest of the cards revealed this way on the bottom in any order. So essentially, it's, it, it flashes out a dude for you. So if you can do this, like it's a, hopefully a surprise blocker, or, you know, four mana for at the end of your turn, give me something. You know, if you're playing blue-white, you might have some uh, library manipulation. Yeah, hopefully. So you can set it up to get something really stupid for cheap for one turn or something. Because you don't want to be, like, in the middle of combat, surprise, I'm going to reveal, you know, two sorceries and two lands. Yay. (laughs) Or surprise, I reveal an Azorius Herald. I guess I'll gain four life. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't be 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh it's it's a really cool card. Like I just love the idea. I just I never seem to have a place for it in a deck. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of these Azori, old school Azorius cards. I just they're so cool. I just don't have a place for them. That's weird. That makes me sad actually. Now I'm going to I'm going to go cry a little bit. Oh, oh, I missed one. New prov. I mean prov. That oh, prov, you're prov, right. prov sees play I in prov. EDH decks. That's not playing standard at the time. Yeah, I remember the time I saw it play in standard. I was cursing heavily. But, you know, I'm saying it still gets played at this point. So, if you don't know what it does, <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, Prov Spires of Order was the guild land. Guild Azorius. You can either tap it for a cultless or pay one white, one blue, four, and tap it. Prevent all damage a source of your choice would deal this turn. Now, you might be saying to yourself, six mana and tapping a land can't possibly be worth it. But you oh. would actually be wrong. Yeah, you would be horribly mistaken. <laughs> you would not believe how much just unabashed cursing this card will cause. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, like I was I, I was playing against it was a, an F and M we went to at DJ's or some tournament we went to at DJ's, and my opponent slapped down. I think it was freaking Chris Wallace. To him, I whoop his ass for seeing again. Uh, <laughs> he slapped down a Prov Spires of Order. And I was like, and like one blocker. And I'm like, I can never hurt you again. I don't even remember what deck I was playing. I just realized that until I found a third thing, there was nothing I could do. And wasn't uh, Remand also legal at the time? Yes. yes. Yeah. And you know the minute you found a third thing, you're just going to wrath anyway. Well, uh, possibly. But I would like, here's a third thing. He could remand that. <laughs> and he draw a card. And then next turn, I'm like, here's a third thing. And he's like, counter that. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like... Next turn, no. Next turn, here's a third thing. And he's like, oh, okay. Bounce that. <laughs> so it was, and it, I mean, it cost him so much mana every turn, but he was playing blue-white control. He didn't care. He had all the mana in the universe. Yeah, and he had all the time in the world. Totally. So, yeah. it's it was, Yeah. I hate Prof so much. This is the first time I realized that seven mana every turn doing what didn't sound like much is actually a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And heaven that's forbid. All you were spending your mana on anyway, so. Yeah, he didn't have anything else to do, so why not just use that seven mana? I didn't know things. Exactly. But what really got me, uh, or what what really gets me is that you. This is all damage a source of your choice. Imagine if you if if you 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 rip the top card of your deck and it's a bonfire and you're like woohoo and you tap a bunch of mana for the bonfire and you go bonfire miracle ha and they go huh. And then you twitch and your eyeball pops out. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Your blood pressure just went so high that your eye said, no, I'm out. Admittedly, you should have seen that he had a prop sitting there, you idiot, but you just miracle the bonfire. It's what you do. You go, blah. There's a prop in my um, Mary Kay EDH deck. And I remember there was a time where uh, Mike and I went to a um, PTQ (laughs) Uh, he knows where this is going. A PTQ up in uh, at Star City, I think, in Richmond, and um, brought brought that one in the Doran deck. And I think I was playing the Doran deck, and for a while there, I couldn't lose because I had out the Nova Blast Worm, and then he played a Prov, and there was literally nothing I could do because it'd be <laughs> like prevent that. And I'm like, okay, well, I 
hmm, but I have this Nova Blast that's never going to, huh, hmm, yeah, so. Alright, so return to Ravnica? Returning to Ravnica. Oh, I, 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 one last thing. The Azorius first wing for a white and a blue. A 2-2 flyer protection from enchantments. I always thought that was, like, incredible. Just a great deal for that much mana, for something that just seemed very, almost niche, but, sort of, or niche, but, you know, kinda cool. So, I like it. Think how powerful that would be now. Yeah, I was about to say, if they, if they actually reprinted it, it would be slightly too good. (laughs) Yeah. Is it just slightly, you think? Uh, it, just slightly. I mean, just slightly. Good, uh, it is just a two-two flyer. But. So yeah. Okay. So new Ravnica. New Ravnica. You, you can't mention new Ravnica's Azorius without uh, Sphinx's Revelation. You just can't. Sphinx's no? Revelation. Because it's ridiculous. Every deck ever that can play it. I, I called it. We we were doing the previews for this new set, and I'm like, you know what? Everybody's talking about Rakdos's return. What you guys don't understand is that Sphinx's Revelation draws cards, which is better than discarding, and is an instant. And everybody was like, yeah, that seems pretty good. And then Rakdos's return kind of took off at the beginning, and then Sphinx's Revelation set in and has never, never completely gone away. It's not always in favor, but it's never gone. So, um. Yeah, just take that. I'm look at that. I can, you know, read a card right. I guess. Woo-hoo. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's just what every control deck wants is gaining cards and and getting out of aggro range. It sounds so simple, but it does so much. Mm. And it only costs you a card, and it's ex- it's however much you want it to cost. I'd make the argument that this is even better than like even if it was. Five mana and was always four life and four cards, which would be ridiculous because it's better than opportunity. It still wouldn't be as good as Sphinx's Revelation as it is now. That's saying something. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, what about? We also can't not talk about Supreme Bird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, did the, the Azorius Guild in the original Ravnica block didn't really get a uh, signature Wrath spell, did it? Uh, the Selesnya Guild got its Destroy All Non-Token guys, and the Golgari Guild got its Plague Boiler, and even the Orzhov got the kind of not-so-great... Calling Sun. yeah. <laughs> Which, but, but in the original Ravnica block... Azorius didn't get a wrath, which is kind of funny to think about because, you know, law and order, hey, everything's dead. I think even Boros got something. That thing that cost six? Um. Did it have radiance? Oh, yeah. Well, um, uh, well there, Maybe not. There, there's something like everybody chooses a land, a creature, and an enchantment and then sacrifices every other card of the chosen type. Razi is something? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Something like that. It's not a wrath, but it. Yeah, it's uh, close enough. I don't get it. What? You don't get what? Uh, I don't know. Obviously. Ozzy is something. I can't remember what it's called, and it's bothering me, but I don't, not enough to look up, you know? I'll look it up. You guys keep going. (laughs) Um, This card hasn't really done anything, and I I doubt it ever will, but uh, Augustine got an interesting callback in Council of the Absolute. Yeah. 
gosh, I mean, this is one of those cards where every time you read it, you're like, oh, I could, well, no, that's a creature. <laughs> oh, how about, well, but how useful is that really? But what if I, eh, no, never mind. It's, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't, hmm. yeah. So what um, they do is you name a creature, name a card other than a creature or land card when they enter the battlefield. Your opponents can't cast cards with that name, and when you cast cards with that name, they cost two less. And that's... I mean, I, I think the problem is is that when I see, you know, when I see multiple abilities on the card, I want to be able to use them all, and ideally I want to be able to use them all at the same time. But that's nearly impossible with Council of the Absolute. To use both of his abilities at the same time and have it actually be useful during a game. Mm-hmm. The card in question, before we get too far, was Razia's Purification, and it cost four, a red, and a white, and it was a sorcery. Each player chooses three, or th- each player chooses three permanents. He or she controls, then sacrifices the rest. Okay. Yeah. That's, can be pretty, that can be pretty harsh. But, yeah. Hmm. Let's see, something else the Azorius do these days. Is they hmm. uh, they have righteous authority, which everybody remembers imperial armor and how good imperial armor was, and I guess not everybody remembers that anymore, huh? But doesn't imperial armor cost what two and a white? Two white and one. Two white and one, and aura. Well, imperial armor costs three, really? Yeah. And it's it's an aura enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus one plus one for each card in your hand, and that's all it does, right? But it's so straightforward. It actually can be pretty powerful. Um, Righteous authority costs three, a white and a blue. Uh, has the same plus one plus one for each card in its controller's hand. And at the beginning of the draw step of enchanted creatures controller, that player draws an additional card. So it's a private howling mine on an imperial armor, and um. It hasn't seen a whole lot of play because auras always have an inherent, you know, downside of yeah. you got to have a target and you can't lose the target. But but I think it's really mostly because it costs five and it's yeah. an aura. The two the two are not unrelated. Mm-hmm. Ooh ooh ooh! Going back to uh, Sphinx's revelation and supreme verdict. There's also a detention sphere which we talked about briefly earlier. Right. But it's essentially uh, an O-ring that gets. Everything with the All same name. Yeah. yeah. It's it's wonderful against tokens. They yeah. just go away. But it's good against other things, too. So it does a lot of work. Fun. I also really like the Soul Sworn Spirit, not because of anything that the card does, just because he's got grabby hands. <laughs> he does have very grabby hands. Like, any ladies listening to this would probably be like, you know, I dated that guy once. <laughs> and that was awful. And I'm sorry that you ladies had to deal with that. Mike is single. Have you met Mike? <laughs> Grabby hands are only awful if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and now we know why he's single. Hey. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. That um, was awesome. <laughs> Mike, you have my you have my number if you get in trouble. Uh, I've, I've kind of I've gone over the rest of the spoiler, and I guess I don't know. I just don't. 
I don't really see a whole lot else that really appeals to me or stands out to me. Doesn't mean it's not there. I will say the Azorius charm is single-handedly one of the most annoying charms to play against just because there's so many ways that it can screw you over. And just when you think it only really has one mode, which is the whole put an attacking creature on top of its uh, attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library. Which yeah, is the of, or blocking part screwed me up one time. I forgot to which, set that. And that um, that is one of the most punishing, to be sure, because it punishes you for being aggressive. It punishes you for putting uh, any enchantments or artifacts on a creature. You know, it has all those things. But just when you think that's all it does, it can can trip or it can give you lifelink, which can actually matter a lot. So. And it's all creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. That is big. So especially if you don't see it coming. Yeah. If you're just like, oh, what's that do? Well, that's a, that's the thing that bounces or, or draws. Like, right? Oh, wait, it it does that too. Well, not oh. even that. Like, if if it if you forget about that and you sw- you like, okay, well, I'll just take the hit and then you're dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. Yeah, the right amount of life gain at the right time is is a time block. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really didn't really see anything else. Like I've been collecting and trading for Fall of the Gavel, but I haven't put it in a deck yet. But I really like it for some reason. I like the art. The art's pretty yeah. badass, actually, to be a counter spell. I think okay. I just like the nice you gain five life part of it. Five is a nice number. <laughs> It's a quarter it's of your much, starting life, man. Much better than four. Four called, it's jealous. Um, Everything else is, you know, basic utility stuff or semi-decent creatures or just detain. Yeah. I mean, like, we could list every detain thing, but yeah. they all detain. I mean, there's the elocutors, but... <sighs> I find them kind of funny, and I'll put them in a deck one day just to see if they win. And they'll, that's gonna make somebody go, well, Brian, I can't let you win, so I have to punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, by the way, cause I, you know it'll be me. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the Tower Drake, whose art looks way bigger than a 2-1 with sun pants. <laughs> like, that Drake looks like it could take down, uh, Dirk's kid, the 3-3 three, three with trample. It just looks like it. But in reality, it would bounce off of, uh, Trevor and be dead. <laughs> Wasn't Tower Drake in the original Ravnica? I guess he just didn't have the Azorius watermark in the original Ravnica. He had to, because he's blue with a white activated ability. Well, I don't see him in the search he pulled up. I don't think he was in the original Ravnica. He might have been in an invasion. Yeah. Oh, you're he was, right. He was in an invasion. I'm sorry. Hey, look at that. I knew something. Now I have Alert to look the media. He, he was... N- oh, yeah, here it is. What was the original art? Buh! Wow, that's... That is less than impressive. That also looks bigger than a 2-1. What the hell? <laughs> Much less impressively so, though, I'm just saying. Not that I'm throwing off on Carl Critchlow, but meh. Well, I don't think they commissioned too many pieces of art. Make this thing look... Eh. Like a wuss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want this card to inspire anyone. This shouldn't be anyone's favorite card. Really. Yeah. Well, there's a note from the art director. Really, don't spend too much time on this one. <laughs> Make this one look kind of bad. <laughs> I want somebody to go, aww, when they open that booster pack. <laughs> but not all, like, in a good way. Like, not like, uh, you know, a, a bear cub, or what was it called? Yeah. 
You're thinking bear of, cub. Okay. Oh, I, I was thinking of the dragon with um, the dragon thing with uh, Devour, the little the little Cody guy. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't yeah. want all like that. Yeah. Yeah, just just paint a lizard with a stupid look on its face. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> uh, and while we're on art, there is one more that I I love. I love it so much. And that's the vessel soul. Because it's a spirit that someone just shoved a big, great big sock over. <laughs> and his little arms are sticking at the bottom. I'm like, err, err. <laughs> Why, you? You still owe us 50,000 more years of debt. Oh, wait, that's the, uh, that's the Orzhov. Yeah, that's Orzhov, yeah. But he's still a 2-2 flyer for three, which in limited, this thing is brutal. But, I, I'm sorry to anyone who ever got beaten by the spirit with the giant sock thrown over. It's a it's a wind. What's the wind rake? Is that what two two flyer for for three? Uh, I think yeah, that's a wind drake. Yeah, but at least a wind drake is a wind drake. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, it's awful. Between this one, who's just like Mer, and the one with the exceptionally grabby hands, <laughs> these spirits are really bizarre, man. <laughs> Uh, so I can't wait for next year's return to Kamigawa so we can see some really weird spirits. I know, right? Oh, <laughs> Maybe they'll have more puking fish. <laughs> oh, God. I can only hope. <laughs> okay, so do we have a winner? Um, uh, I don't know that we... I don't know that we do either. <laughs> In my opinion, New Azorius just seems to be put together better and honestly the biggest part of that is because of the presence of detain instead of forecast it does because kinda, forecast was just a mess but detain being there all of a sudden you can have these soldiers that are arresting people on like an action injunction or that are out you know that you, you see them on the actual guys like the azores arrestor and they make sense and they couldn't be in the original block. Instead, you've got the lawyer that like talks to tap a guy, the um, yeah, the minister of impediments. Exactly, which is kind of cool, but it's not the same flavor oh at my all. God, so. the minister of impediments grew up and turned into Azor's elocutors. <laughs> wow, oh, wow! Oh my <laughs> god, he did. That's totally him right there. <laughs> That is awesome. Nobody saw it. Oh, it's a callback. <laughs> That's it right there on the left, yeah. That is it awesome. Hang on. Now I have to go look. Oh, God, that is him right there on the left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am now happy beyond all reason. Because I was just making a dumb joke. But it turns out I was not. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy, I tell you. First, they're tapping our creatures. Now they're winning games. Next thing you know, they'll be petitioning Congress to, I don't know, to do some work, <laughs> to get back to work. At the time that we're recording this, the federal government is still technically shut down, although what that means for you varies and may not, in fact, matter. It tells you exactly pretty how important. For some of you, it means like your mom is out of work. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's sad. Yeah, okay, I don't want to joke too much about that. Well, but for I mean, other that for one. other people, it, it doesn't affect their, their lives whatsoever. So I have some choice thoughts about that that I will keep to myself. We we and the listeners appreciate that. Mm. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. 
Go go back to old Ravnica and look at Soulsworn Jury. Yeah. It's those same sock guys. Yeah, it's the same sock guys. I thought that yep. the sock was a new thing. Like, I remember there being a Soulsworn Jury, but I didn't remember them having giant socks thrown over them. No, the, the sock spirits are, are still there. Like, Azorius Herald looks like he also has a bit of a sock hood thing. Except, wait a minute. It looks like the Soulsworn Jury has, like, a face hole. Uh, yeah, I think the Soulsworn Jury does have a face hole. Okay, well, so, it, so it's just a really funny-looking... Uh, I don't know what that article of clothing would be called. A sock. A sock. I like the sock, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just they just cover up the face hole um, in later years as as fashions changed. Oh, I see. And they remembered that spirits don't need to breathe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Huh. Like, wait a minute. Why have we been cutting these out? <laughs> you know, we could save a the, lot of time. Don't cut these out and see if they say anything. <laughs> and the one guy was like, <laughs> but they didn't understand him, so they didn't care. <laughs> Anyway, so we, we should probably, uh, so I think Mike is right. I think looking at the individual cards, like, neither set really wins, but when you take the, the, the guild as a whole, I'm pretty sure Mike's right. The, the presence of the Tain really focuses these guys and makes them less <sighs> bizarre Dumb. and awkward. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff in original Ravnica's Azorius where you can say, Okay, I get what they're all about, and I get what they're supposed to be. But in Return to Ravnica Azorius, you feel like, okay, they were actually designed as a unified guild with a truly unified theme. Mm-hmm. And it just feels better. Agreed. It does feel better on the whole. Mm. So point goes to the old? I mean, the new? Yeah. The new. Blah, 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 blah. Huh. Well, that was pretty close. That was close. Yep. They're, they're still, they're still pretty, um, they're, they're still pretty tied to what they do. But now, um, I don't know, more socks? <laughs> more socks. Sock with her head! More socks equals winning. <laughs> more arrests. Like that one guy said, you know, I don't care if you're in, if you're innocent, I'll just, I don't arrest innocent people. <laughs> yeah. You had to have done something. We're gonna find it. All right then. Sweet. So now what? Uh, now we go to bed. Maybe you do. I got work to do. I still got to get last week's show up because I got I keep having problems. Hmm. Now we do final thoughts then. Right. So and I hiccup. Somebody do a final thought, Mike. Final thoughts, Mike. Um, hopefully Friday I'll be able to play my modern deck for the first time. And hopefully it won't be a total failure. Well, seeing as how, you know, the secret will be out by then and this, this episode will be posted after Friday, I am sure. Uh, pretty sure. What, yeah, what deck are you gonna play for modern? So, I'd got an idea a while ago to make a, a Death Cloud deck. And, um, my first draft of it was just using like conventional ramp to do everything. And it just felt like it was just taking too long to get things up to the point where I wanted to and just blah, blah, blah. It was just too difficult and too unwieldy. And then I got the idea to um, make a Tron deck that also played Death Cloud. And, and what I basically did was I adapted um, Charles Gindy's um, red-green Tron list from last year uh, into a, a black-green list with my own special touches. And hopefully... Hopefully it'll, it'll it'll do well. I'm not expecting to you know win Friday Night Magic, but I'm expecting to not 
you know, completely, uh, you know, tunnel myself into the ground. Uh-huh. Well, keep us posted and let us know how it does. Such lofty ambitions. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I, I don't will... suck so bad I want to die. <laughs> I will not. Yes. I will because not I've had that experience with homebrew decks before, and it is not pleasant. I will not be coming with you, although I do have some, I really, I have some interesting ideas, I think, for mm-hmm. some standard decks, but I will be out of town at that point in the mountains, uh, in, uh, North Carolina, with my in-laws. Hopefully we'll all survive. I think it'll be okay. Yeah. So, good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you too. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> well, how about right. you be? Uh, let's see. I enjoyed this. I thought this was cool. Um, I didn't really come with anything prepared. I've just been really busy around the house and with work and stuff and getting ready for trips and other things. So I'm going to not say too much beyond dragging things out longer than they have to. Yeah. No, I'm going to just stop now. So I have a couple final thoughts. Uh Uh-oh. One, on Friday, October the 11th, I will be going to Ziggy's in Winston-Salem. To see Seven Dust play. Aww. So if any of you are local or really want to see Seven Dust, then let me know and I will see you there. It's gonna be awesome. I'm, I'm, oh, uh, one guy on Monday Night Magic said, wow, Seven Dust, does that, th- does the ticket come with a time machine? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes it does. Uh, the other thing is on mm, the following Monday, the 14th, in Durham, North Carolina, the Proto Man will be playing at the Motorco Music Hall. And listeners of the show know how much I love me some Proto Man because I devoted, I don't know, like two months of episodes to <laughs> shoving their music down your throat. Pretty much. Because yeah. I thought it was that good. And I still do. I listen to uh, X1 and 2 regularly. So... Uh, anyone who's local there or just really wants to see the Proto Men should by all means come to Motorco in Durham. I will be there. We will hook up. I already heard from one person who said that they're a big Monday Night Magic fan, so they hope to see me there on Twitter. I think it was the Proto Men show. Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll. You filthy whore. Yep, it was Proto Men. So yeah, the Proto Men even retweeted me when I, uh, when I asked who, who wants to come with me. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. And then Motorco retweeted me too. I was like, whoa. Those are some badass retweets right there. I am such a dork. But yeah, so that's one bit of stuff there. That's Friday the 11th in Winston-Salem and then Monday the 14th in Durham. Just to double check that. Now the second bit of news is something that was just announced tonight officially. Uh, MTG cast which only sort of affects us. Hmm. MTG Cast has been sold, or traded off, handed off. I think they traded it for some smallpox blankets. I don't know, honestly. Something of value exchanged hands. Possibly, I don't know. Whether that thing of value was the network or something else, we'll never know. We'll never know. Tell you what, if you'll give me $20, (laughs) then I'll give you the network too. Uh, No, if you'll give me $20, I'll take the network off your hands. There we go. (laughs) But... (laughs) That was kind of mean, but it's still funny. It is pretty funny. But, yeah, MTG Cast has been uh, uh, handed off to the guys who run Quiet Speculation. Uh, Kelly Reed and some other people. There will be some changes. If you're listening to this on uh, MTG Cast, well, for one, you knew that months ago. 
And two, you'll notice there was no ad at the beginning of this because the first thing they did was remove all the ads. The audio ad because it was their own site, so what the hell. And uh, all the visual ads on the site and all that, they're just done with that. They're trying to find more different ways to make that money. So that's cool. <clears throat> and I will still be there. They're automating a bunch of the work that I did to free up some of my time. Well, maybe not automating, but also... Well, not automating, but they're putting it more in the hands of the podcasters and less in the hands they're, of... They're decentralizing it. Yes, less in the hands of one poor, overworked guy named Chewy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's me! <laughs> Yay! <clears throat> as to what my role will be, I don't know. They assure me they still want me there as the quote, unquote, for lack of a better term, face of the brand, since I have been the point of contact for, well, ever since I took over posting shows. And they like your charisma. And they like my charisma. Because I've got culture coming out of my ass, as someone said once that I found so funny that I remembered it forever and ever. Anyway. So yeah, that's awesome, I guess. It looks like, it looks like it's gonna be good. And this, well this is coming from me, who up until, uh, about seven minutes before we started really wanted to burn down their house. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm surprised it was that long ago. Well, you know. Well, that's when he first popped up. So I guess about three minutes before we started recording. Okay. Or before we got on the call, rather. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. There there were some uh, transitional misunderstandings and lack of communication and uh, speed bumps. And basically, I couldn't get into the freaking hosting site to do my job. Damn it, Hotwell. Damn it, Hotwell. No, well, in this case, yeah, it was sort of Tom and Hotwell, but sort of not. <laughs> <clears throat> And I was like, great, this is, here we go again. But no, no, I've, I've got access again, so I can post shows again, yay. And all that, so. So as it is now, it looks like it's gonna be a good thing. They've got lots of stuff planned. Uh, they're gonna upgrade the visual look of mtgcast.com and try to throw in all kinds of stuff that'll make it more user-friendly and more, more different. So, hopefully all that will actually happen and be good. <clears throat> and I'm starting to actually lose my voice now, I can feel it. <clears throat> But anyway, if anything happens to MTGCast, you can still, uh, by all means, poke at me, and I will either fix it or find the person who knows how to fix it and tell them, which is what I was doing before. So, But maybe now I'll have time to finish all the three questions. <gasps> Whoa. Ah, uh, no! Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that when I heard about some of the new structure, that you'd be able to focus on the stuff that you have actually done instead of everybody else's stuff. Ah, uh, no! It'd be awesome! That is actually giving me the biggest nerd boner is getting uh, able, being able to get in there with the Vegas stuff because I had so much fun with the recording the Vegas stuff. <clears throat> I need a drink. Quick, cover for me. This is me. I'm covering for Chewy. All right, we're done with final thoughts. Thank you all for listening. And yeah, uh, really, I would like by get a drink. I mean, open the do and take a swig. Oh, <clears throat> Joker. I thought you were going to like the bar or something. Well, yeah, I mean the corner bar up the street, but. You know, I gotta finish the show first. So, uh, I guess, is there anything else? This and that and the other? Okay. <clears throat> so, I guess we're done. So, this has been episode 297, holy crap, of the Mana Pool. Thank you all. And I say this every episode, but I mean it every episode, and I mean it with, uh, all of the sincerity that I can muster, which is more than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all very much for listening, and, uh, go play some magic. Wait, wait, wait. Don't go play Magic just yet. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Just kidding. Ha! Sorry. Sucker. No, no, no. I was talking to Mike. Anyway. uh, Real quick. 
we are kicking around some ideas for episode 300, which is very close. And we would like your help. So if you guys could, uh, preferably in email form, or we'll probably make a thread on the forums of some sort. This is all very spitballed and unpolished. But let us know some things from the past. Uh, something that we did back in the day, because it's been six years, holy crap. Uh, something that we did back in the day, like a segment, or a particular topic that you really liked, or a guest that you really liked that we have since forgotten about, or what else, you guys? Um, a recurring segment, joke? <laughs> recurring jokes, segments that we've done. Um, I think that that's, I think you hit everything pretty well. Yeah. Just let us know, uh, of any of those things that you you want us to uh, be aware of or remember or bring back maybe in the future something. Any of that. Like, just stuff you liked or stuff that was great or stuff that was so bad that it was good. Something. Do you want to open it up to also just, like, your favorite Manipool moments? Oh, yeah, that- by all means. Just anything that we, we've done that you really liked or appreciated or thought was funny or stupid or whatever. Uh, just let us know. Again, as always, that email address is dorks at the And I'm pretty and sure we'll make the forum list. And if you're listening to this on MTG Cast in the in the far future, under the light of the swollen red sun, use your tachyonometer to send a message back in time to answer the question. Yeah, actually, I really uh, I've been trying to get MTG Cast caught up. Believe it or not, oh, yeah? I posted like three in a row and then stopped again. But I've got them all up to the last episode uh, already encoded and ready to go up. Oh wow. I know, right? It's crazy. I just have to actually, you know, do it. Right. But anyway, anyway, right. So, uh, thank you guys for that in advance. We appreciate it. And again, thank you. Oh, oh my ah, god. Sorry. <laughs> that will actually head into the past. Oh, man. So, at some point in like the 150s somewhere, uh, I actually hit myself in the eye and went, ow! And everyone was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. That's what that was. It was that sneeze. <laughs> but anyway, again, Brian's sister's so hot. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, now you can feel free to go play some magic. Huh.